0: your Bibles this morning, I'd like you to turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 2. Tim and Nathan, would you guys help me out? I think you guys know what to do. Go right through this door, and uh, um, uh, we put them to work while they're here. Thank you, guys. Uh, we we started them early. They always helped us when they were really small, and so I said, okay, you're going to help me today. So uh, they're going to set up something, and uh, what they're bringing out is is, uh usually i have graphics on the screen but <laughs> we don't have graphics today because of the, the projector but i have i have other i have other graphics and uh and what w- this uh this it's a nativity scene it, and and they're bringing this out and it is uh it is something that joni's grandmother gave us many years ago uh as a christmas gift and it is uh it's it's really it's really nice it's uh tilted a little bit more this way here guys you're you're in, Nate. Yeah, just like that. A little bit further, all the way up to the front. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You know you can do this to sons easier. You can you can boss them around. Come on, move it! Ooh, yeah, get it up here. You can't do that with just any volunteer, but you can do that with your your sons. Anyway, my wife's grandmother, who would if she were still alive, she'd be about two hundred and thirty years old now. Um, uh, she gave this to us, and uh, it's 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 really precious to us. We put it up. We put it up every. Uh, we put it up uh, after Thanksgiving every year, and, and uh, it is, it is uh, probably one of the, the few, we're not really into things that much, but, but this will probably go with us all the way you know, to the nursing home if, if we make it that far, because it's just it's one of those very special things we put up every year. How many of you have, a, let me see your hands, how many of you have a nativity scene in your home or your office or something like that? Let me see your hands Yeah. Or in your yard, yeah, okay, a lot, yeah, probably the majority of you, and you understand what nativity scenes are. It's a, it's a recreation of whatever it's made of—wood, porcelain, plastic, whatever. You know, it's it's a recreation of the scene of Jesus's birthplace. Uh, you're familiar with them. Maybe you've seen some in some people's yards. Our neighbor has a really nice uh, uh, crash or a nice uh, nativity scene. Um, uh, so you, you always have one of these common elements. You have a stable, right? You always have a stable because Jesus, the Bible tells us, was born in a stable, uh, which was probably just kind of like a lean-to to the house where the animals were kept. It wasn't always just a separate structure, but there's always that. And then, of course, the essentials of a, a nativity scene is you have to have really basically just three persons Often you'll have some kind of a structure, and then you'll have uh, Joseph. This is this is Joseph, and you will have you will have Mary, and of course you will have the infant Jesus. In this case, in a in a manger, as as a, again according to the Bible. I've always I've looked at this a, a number of times. This is this is the picture of Mary. That, I tell you that this woman has just given birth, and she looks pretty well put together. <laughs> Uh, and, and 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 I'm not making light of that. I, I I don't know what her condition was. I don't know that she looked quite that good. Um, uh, this is Joseph. And if you if you think about this, when Jesus was was born, uh, there's we don't know exactly who was present, but the only ones that we know for sure who were present were uh, Mary and Joseph, and of course the infant. And so it's quite possible that Joseph. Jesus' earthly father was the one who assisted in the delivery. Now that's that's an that's implied or inferred. We 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 think that that may be the case. We're not sure, but th- this this man just helped his or was present when his wife came. he looks he's got a he's got a pretty calm look on his face. I didn't have that kind of a look on my face when our children was born, but, but those are the essentials, right? Those three, if you have nothing else in a nativity scene, you're going to have those three. Now, there are other elements as well. Uh, many nativity scenes will include uh, shepherds and angels, and or at least one angel, and uh, wise men. You will have that. You will have farm animals because, again, it was a, uh, it was a stable, it was an a, 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 a agrarian somewhat uh, area. Uh, so, we, we know that a, a number of these things were here. This, this is, this is a, a, a nativity scene. Now, we do know that there were shepherds there. For sure, we know that. The Bible says so. In fact, here in front of you, in, in the Bible in front of you, Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 7 and following, it reads this way, Mary gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds, right, shepherds, in the same region, they they weren't there initially, but in that same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and around Them and the shepherds were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Just pause for a moment if you can imagine that scene. They're out there shepherding their sheep. It's quiet, it's night, it's dark, and all of a sudden an angel appears. And then I I like what it says there, and it says, and they were filled with great fear. You know, sometimes the Bible has a g- great understatement. I think that's one of those times. They were filled. Listen, it, go into your garage some night and you're just walking through and all of a sudden an angel or a being in great light appears and you too will be filled with great fear. You can understand this. And, and the angel calms them and says, fear not, right? Fear not. Continues in Luke 2, for unto you, they, the angel said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you, you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, in other words more angels, "'Praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest "'and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. "'When the angels went away from them into heaven, "'the shepherds said to one another, "'Let us go over to Bethlehem "'and see this thing that has happened, "'which the Lord has made known to us. "'And they went with haste, and they found Mary.' And Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when the shepherds saw it, and when they saw this scene, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. Verse 20 reads this way. The shepherds then returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. As it had been told them. So after Mary and Joseph, the first persons to learn and to witness, to see that the Messiah and the Savior had been born, the first persons to witness this, the first persons to learn this, were shepherds. Isn't that interesting? Why is that? Why would that be? Why shepherds? I mean, there were other people closer by, right? We know that they were in the stable because there was no room for them in the inn, which was just adjacent to it. Why not show up to the people who were in the inn? Or why not show up to the townspeople nearby? Bethlehem, by the way, at this time, was about the size of of Groton. South Dakota just up the way here. It's about the same size. Not really big but not really small either. Why not show up to one of them or why not show up at the the local mayor or burgermeister or whatever they called the guy back then? Why not show up at his house? Why did the angel appear to the shepherds? Well, we don't know for sure but maybe maybe It was because of what the prophet Micah had said about 700 years before. He was another prophet. Prophets were people that God spoke through, spoke to his people through. And about 700 years before this, God spoke through his prophet Micah and said this, Out of Bethlehem shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Those are the words. Who will shepherd my people Israel, which gives us a real image of, and here in this scene you have some, you have some sheep, uh, about, uh, I guess that's a dog. Uh, you have five sheep here and, and two ducks. Five sheep here, and, 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 and the, the, there's this image of, of caring for and protecting and providing for sheep. And God, through the prophet Micah said, In Bethlehem, I'm going to reveal a ruler and he's going to shepherd, protect, feed, guide, direct my people. Maybe that's why 700 years later when it happened, God sent an angel and he said, go to the shepherds. Or maybe Maybe because shepherds were just regular people. Maybe, maybe part of it was that shepherds just being these regular people, they were not the elite of that society. Maybe the Lord directed the angel to go to those, to those shepherds because he wanted to send a message as well. Perhaps they were among the first to know to send others the message that anyone could come. Maybe God, one of the reasons God sent the angel to the shepherds was to say, society, class, status, any of those things, those are immaterial. You see, if you go to, and I'm not putting, if you're a shepherd, and I used to work with sheep, and, and there's nothing wrong with shepherds, then please, I'm not putting you down if you, if you work with sheep, but, but it's not necessarily what you would call a, a real status position, but it's almost as if God is saying, if you go to the the, the people that others will consider the least, then everyone above that can can come to me as well. I think there's something to that. Matthew's gospel. Matthew's gospel records others who were among the first to worship Jesus. You see, only Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel give any details of Jesus' birth. And in Matthew's gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, reads this way. Now, after Jesus, now, key word, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. Verse 11, and going into the house, the wise men saw the child and Mary, his mother. And they fell down and worshiped him, and then opening their treasures, they offered Jesus gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. I, I think I've pointed this out other Christmases. This is one of the reasons, probably the main reason, why we exchange gifts at Christmas time, is because they brought these gifts to Jesus. Not because it was Christmas. They didn't have that understanding, of course. But they knew that this one who was born was very, very special. And so they, they as a tribute or as a, a, a gesture of honor, they gave these gifts, these valuable gifts to this little child that they really knew so very little about. Now, I, I need to explain here, these wise men were not, were not Jewish, um, it says they were from the East, so they may have been Babylonians. They may have been Persians. They may have been even further to the east, even to the border of the Orient. Now, why is that significant? Why is that listed here? Because really, y- you could you could know all of the things about the birth of Jesus, and if you excluded the message of the wise men, it it, it wouldn't there, there would still be a lot there. But why include this information about the wise men? What was so significant about them? Well, they, they didn't speak or look like people from Bethlehem or from Judea. It was obvious. I'm sure when they showed up or when they came through they first came through Jerusalem when they when they showed up everyone knew you're not from around here they 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 looked different but they did come and they did worship i want you to understand that these people the shepherds were among the first to worship jesus but then in matthew's gospel here it it speaks of them coming and worshipping this child they came to pay homage to this child. Their names are never given, by the way. Their names are never given. We don't know how many there were. It's legend that there were three, but there were probably more than that. And they probably arrived sometime after Jesus' birth. Now, if you have it in your nativity scene, like we have it here, these are the three guys, and they're, they're worshiping. There were probably more than this, and you're going, well, man, the guy's doing heresy. Well, no, because it's all around the, the birth of Christ, though they probably came later because it was in a house. Anyway, the, the point is, don't get lost in the weeds there. The point is, the point is that they came and they worshiped someone that they couldn't fully understand, but they came from faraway places. They came from different cultures, and they came to worship Jesus. Why is that that significant? I believe one of the reasons why their story is recorded in the events surrounding Jesus' birth, I believe it is to show us and all who would follow that non-Jewish people from distant places could come and worship the Son of God. Now, some of you may have some Jewish blood in you, and if you do, wow, what a tremendous honor that you are descended from Abraham himself. What a great honor. But most of us here perhaps don't have any Jewish blood in us. So therefore, in one sense, these guys, we have a lot in common with the wise men. Because they were non-Jews. And they came from a great uh, distance. They came from a different culture. And yet they came to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. How many here this morning are really glad that the message of Jesus Christ appeals and Applies to everyone of every culture, man. I am, Hallelujah! I've said this before. Glory to God! Some a long time ago, somebody said, "Boy, up in that area that we now know is like Germany or some." I'm Norwegian. Somebody took the gospel to those people. Somebody took the gospel to those people, and and, and it penetrated that culture, and it appealed to that culture, and it applied to that culture different people took it every other place. You see, this is what is unique about Christianity, about the teachings, the message, and the person of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter the skin color that you may have. It really doesn't matter what matters is that Jesus died for all, and you can come and worship him. Wow, what great news. I love it. Now, there's one angel in this nativity scene. Um, uh, there's one angel here, and, and again, angels were a part of, you saw here with the, uh, with the uh, announcing it to the shepherds, but angels really, angelic appearances uh, happened a lot in events connected to Jesus' birth. Angels spoke to Joseph. Here's Joseph right here. Angels spoke to Joseph three times. You can read about it three times. I mean, Joseph is like, oh, you again, <laughs> Joseph heard from angels on at least three occasions. Mary heard from the angel Gabriel, and Mary's cousin's husband, he also heard from an angel. It was all around these same times. So angelic appearances were happening. And then, of course, there's this, this appearance before the shepherds. We read it earlier how at first one angel shows up and says, don't be afraid, And then after making the announcement, it says an entire host or a whole bunch of angels began to gather and they began to rejoice. In that element, this angel should probably be over here because the angel appeared to the shepherds, but it was almost as if there was this this heavenly element in a very earthly scene. God showed up to some shepherds and a bunch of sheep. I don't know if the sheep sensed it, but the shepherds certainly did. And you have this wonderful this wonderful intervention of God's presence into human places. So if your nativity scene has an angel, that's that's appropriate. So you have angels announcing, you have wise men worshiping, you have shepherds praising, you have Jesus' earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, adoring their newborn son and wondering what He would do, wondering what he would become. All of it together made for one of the greatest events in all of time. In fact, I would have to say that if there are two huge moments in all of history, it would be Jesus's Arrival and Jesus' death and a resurrection. There's going to be another great event, and that is when Jesus returns. But boy, this was one of those significant moments. And at the center of it all, at the center of it all, and if you can see over here on my left, but at the center of it all, of course, is Jesus. The center of it all. It's Jesus. Um, this is. Uh, we we got this years ago, and, and about fifteen years ago, we got up one morning, and, and it was wrapped in gauze. And we went, what in the world happened there? And Nathan had gotten up during the night. He said Jesus was cold, and he wrapped him in gauze. <laughs> so, swaddling clothes. <laughs> So we thought it was cute. We left it on there. He did that just last year. Um, He did that. No, he didn't do that. About 15 years ago. At the center of it all is Jesus. At the center of it all is Jesus. At the center of this universe is Jesus. At the center of our faith is Jesus. At the center of everything is Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And while many people know that Christmas has something to do with Jesus, many, many people know that. Many people will acknowledge it. Oh, I know that you know a lot of people will think it's about other things, but they'll, they'll at least give passing reference to yes, there's something about baby Jesus. And yet all these centuries later, 20 centuries later, so many people, while they know that he had some role in the Christmas story, so many people don't know why he came. Many will acknowledge that he came, or that there was a person who was born. They'll at least give passing approval to that. But there are so many people who don't know why he came. Why did Jesus come? Why did he come? Why did he come? Was it to come to give us a nice scene or a, 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 a nice time of year or a good reason to gather? Did he come so that we can have a beautiful story and a wonderful scene? Why? What is the why of his coming? Well, The answer is quite simply this. Jesus came to save Jesus came to save. Again, we read it earlier, Luke chapter 2, directed by God. You have to understand, angels, angels are messengers of God. They they come and they speak words directly from the throne of God. And the angels said this. Luke chapter 2, he said, unto you is born this day a Savior, Savior, one who saves. The angel showed up to those shepherds and said, today, today, to you is born one who will save you. Matthew chapter 1, on one of those occasions in which the angel appeared to Joseph, the angel told Joseph that you are to call his name, call the child Jesus. Jesus, the name Jesus, literally translated is this. God saves. Every time the name Jesus is spoken, it is a declaration, God saves. Let me encourage you with something. This is one of the reasons why we hold that name holy, how we don't disregard that name, how we don't turn it into an expletive, The name of Jesus is holy because it means God saves. It's the very reason that he came. Of course, you know that the story continues on after that, that went to the point, of course, where Jesus grew and had public ministry and he worked miracles and gave incomparable teachings and did so many things that all. The books in the world at the time could not contain them, but but then Jesus died on a cross. And he died on that cross for you and for me so that he could save us. How must it have been for Jesus to walk throughout this life as a man and see the pain, see the destruction that had come from sin, to see the wreckage of human lives Because Satan had had his way for so long in, in all of these people. And Jesus knew. Jesus knew that the one way that he could save this world, he knew from the very beginning, from even before this point, before he was even conceived, Jesus in heaven knew that there's only one way, and that is to come and to live and to die and to be raised from the dead. And he did it, and thereby he bought us salvation. I'm very grateful for gifts. And uh, I've received some wonderful gifts in my life, as have you. And by wonderful, I don't necessarily mean expensive, but I mean meaningful, right? Isn't that the? And I've had people make and fashion wonderful things for me and it means so much. I've had people people spend hard-earned money and and sacrificed for a gift and and sometimes I feel a little bit bad because it's like, wow, you've done so much, but I don't think I've ever turned back a gift. There was that sweater that my brother gave me that I took back to the store, but I I, I I don't think I've ever said no to a gift. Especially a gift that I know the story behind it. The price that was paid. The sacrifice that was given. For me to say no to that gift would be a shameful thing. That beautiful little child came to become the sacrificial lamb so that he could buy for us the gift of salvation. There are a lot of people here today Many of you I know, some of you I don't. But I have to wonder if there are some here this morning who did not know the price that was paid, the sacrifice that was made to offer to you, to me, to any person who's ever lived. The gift of salvation. I wonder if there are those here today who never saw it in that context and now perhaps are realizing the high price that he paid. I love good testimonies. Boy, I've heard some really good ones in recent weeks people whose lives have been transformed. People, Jesus still brings healing, hope, and salvation to the messed up lives that we, ha- that we are and that we have. He still gives hope and healing to all those who are lost and without hope. And this morning, this very, very simple message. I want to present to you again, not a gift that I bought. Not a gift that, that I could ever hope to add to. All I am this morning is the, the kid who goes and gets the gift under the tree and carries it to you. That's all I'm doing. It's all I'm doing. I didn't wrap it. I didn't make it, I didn't pay for it. I'm just here presenting it to you. Will you take the gift? Will you take the gift? So how do I do it? Well, it's really quite simple. You just say, Lord Jesus, I receive the gift that you've given me. I realize the the price that you paid. I realize, not in its fullness, but I realize now more than ever, what you've done for me. That your name is Jesus and that it means God saves me. God saves me. Greatest gift ever. I'd like you to bow your heads with me just across this entire room. You are not here by mistake somebody invited you, or you're here because of family, or you're here because you thought, well, maybe it's Christmas, go to church. It really doesn't matter how you're here, you're here. And it's a part of God's greater plan for your life. You're not hearing this message by chance, but by divine providence. Is there anyone here that if you were suddenly to die today I mentioned my father earlier and that his time may be near if you were to die today if your last moments were going to happen at any time if you were to die would do you know if you would go to heaven Do you know if you would go into the presence of the Lord when your body shuts down? If you don't know, if you aren't sure, the great news is that you can be sure. So if there's anyone here that would like to respond and say, I I want that, I wanna receive the gift and I wanna know for sure. That I'm going to heaven. I want to begin a relationship, a living relationship with Jesus because He is alive. If that's you, would you lift up your hand and I want to pray with you? I won't embarrass you, but I really want to pray with you. Thank you. Here. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Is there anyone else? There's two persons. I, I'm gonna just extend it a little bit more. So I I, I prayed a long time ago. Look, has there been some wandering since then? Is this a day in which you come back to him? Restore and renew a relationship with him? If that's you, raise your hand and I want to pray with you. Thank you and back. Yeah, today's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day. Just one more moment. Is there anyone else? Would you do this with me? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, would you? would you repeat this prayer with me? And, and even if you did it a long time ago, as I did, would you would you pray this with me? And, and, and pray it alongside these that have raised their hands. Pray this prayer, would you? And mean it. Lord Jesus, I believe you've given a gift and paid a high price on the cross for me. You came to give me life and eternal life. Come into my heart and forgive my sins. I surrender my life to you. I believe that you died and rose from the dead for me. Help me to live for you from this day forward. so that when I die, I will be with you. Today I begin to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, if you prayed that prayer, you can lift up your eyes for a moment here. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, then today you begin to experience life in Christ. Glory to God. It's a gift that is to be used. It is not to be stuck in the back of the closet. And it is also a gift in which you can re-gift it. <laughs> you can pass it on and still have it. God desires to do some amazing things in you. So for those who raised their hand and prayed that prayer, perhaps for the first time, or maybe you didn't pray that, and, and you, or you didn't raise your hand, but you prayed it. Today, God is gonna is, is doing an amazing new work in you. I would like you to stand, please, across this sanctuary. Again, uh, I, I want to pray with you in just a moment, and uh, 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 I would love to greet you in the foyer and, and see you there. Uh, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, 5 o'clock, we begin. It will be wrapped up by 6 o'clock because there's a lot of activities I'm sure that you have planned as well. But we would love to share a little bit of Christmas with you, uh, part of that. So join us tomorrow night. Going to be an exciting time, a lot of music and, and sharing, just reading from Scripture and a great time of fellowship. So join us uh, with really several hundred other people here in this, in this place tomorrow night. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and my sisters. Some of them are brand new brothers and sisters in you because now they're a part of the family of God. Today they've surrendered their life to you. Today they've begun to serve you. Today, Lord, you've given them salvation, the most wonderful gift any person could ever receive. So Jesus, now as we make our way out of this place, as we go into your presence, not leaving your presence, but continuing in your presence, I pray that you would use us So we will take this gift of salvation to a world who's lost without it. Thank you for appearing to those shepherds. Thank you for revealing yourself through that star to those wise men. Thank you, Jesus, that we can still come and worship you. And we love you. We pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, amen. Amen. God bless you, and Merry Christmas.